This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hey everyone, welcome into Straight Out of Crumpton, a podcast talking about relationships and how they bring business and our regular lives kind of all into one. I am Tyler Kern, and of course, I'm joined by the man, Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you doing today, man? Hey, Tyler, I'm doing really, really well. Um, we are in the midst, the U.S. is in the midst of a big winter storm, and uh, I was just looking at it this morning on the Weather Channel thinking, God, I'm so glad I, I don't live in New England. So um, I think by that, I'm, I'm a really happy camper. How about you? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to not be living in New England right now as well. I uh, can't complain too much, you know, man, just, uh, just keeping it real in the hood, as we say. I like it. I like it. I like it. Dallas is the place for that. So It is a good place for keeping it real. Well, today we have uh, a really cool lady joining us. Um, looking forward to kicking this thing off and seeing what kind of rabbit holes we can burrow into. Well, I'm looking forward to that as well because today we welcome Michelle Miller, Customer Account Coordinator for ServiceLogic Strategic Accounts. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Straight Out of Crumpton. Oh, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. This will be fun. Oh, Lord. Obviously, she hasn't listened to anything before <laughs> today. So I'm sorry. Well, Michelle, we are, we're super glad to have you. Um, so I, I was thinking about it this morning um, while I was kind of mentally preparing of, of how to grill you during this interview. I'm just kidding. I was just thinking about really how how we started working together and, you know, kind of how our our work relationship, in my opinion, has turned into a friendship uh through work. So it's, it's always fun to, to kind of, for me to step back and then analyze, all right, how did, how did we get here? How, how did we get Michelle to agree to be um, on the show and uh, to become victim number, you know, 20 or whatever we are up to. So tell us about you. What do you do? How do you do it? Why do you do it? Give us a little background on Michelle Miller. Well, I have been with, Service Logic Strategic Accounts, it'll be almost a year. Um, actually, in like two weeks, it'll be a year that I've been with them. They're um, a fabulous company to work with. I have learned a lot about HVAC. I came from an electrical background working in an office with um, a company that was more specialized in unique situations in the electrical world. So it gave me a little bit of an up understanding some of the HVAC, but um, it gave me the ability to coordinate with our end users and our service providers. Um, then I got involved in a project with Turntide Technologies, which would allowed us to go in and retrofit blower motors to help save the end user, the customer, a lot of money on their electrical usage over the years. Actually, they'll get a return real quick on a lot of the savings. So it's allowed me to meet a lot more of the service providers across the US. So I deal with everyone from California to upper New England to Florida to the Midwest. Well, have, having uh, supported that effort a bit uh, on, the, on the mechanical technical side, you sure do a great job at, at your piece of it. So uh, 
I'm glad to hear you say you like working there. That's good, good for us. But um, no kidding, you you do do a lot of the behind the scenes coordination piece, and you know when we sit on our weekly calls or, or catch up calls, it it is very evident to me that you have built uh, good relationships with with our customer. Um, so how 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 did you start? weaving and bobbing and figuring out okay i can work with this guy i can work with this lady what what does that look like when you're kind of navigating like i I know i need some allies here because this is a a very weird monkey that we're about to tackle so how how did how did how do you think through that how does that work for you um it's a lot of it is when i'm reaching out to like a new service provider that we're trying to bring into the project it usually starts with a lot of emails, figuring out who I'm working with, who's going to be involved in the project. And then I prefer to make that phone call, to have that one-on-one conversation, to explain what's going on, to answer their questions, to give them the comfort level that all the way through this, that I will always be there to answer their questions, to help make sure that whatever their needs are, to be successful with this project are taken care of. And also I coordinate a lot with the customer to make sure that we're meeting all of their demands. But Austin, who is um, the one-on-one that I work with who coordinates on the other end, we found that by having everything flow between the two of us, it allows us to actually help manage this huge project that we've taken on. Um, It helps channel everything down so that everything passes through one of us so that if there's any kind of miscommunication going on, we immediately can get in touch with each other. And we've talked through a lot of struggles that both companies have trying to make sure that we both are in an understanding. And if not, we stop, we meet, we talk it out. We figure out what's the best way to handle everything moving forward, and then we start again. Well, it's definitely impressive what how you guys work together and just listening to, you know, like I said on the calls, you're able to, to really work it out. So, what what do you what do you give credit to in that particular relationship that kind of you know made it work? What what kind of brought it to the point to where you can pick the phone up and say, "Dude, what's going on?" I credit a lot of it to just sitting down and talking with him, um, not being afraid to admit that I don't understand that something that they're asking or a challenge that they've presented and being straightforward with needing more clarification, more understanding. Um, Austin is also, the customer has also come back to me and been very straightforward on what their needs are. It's just really, I. A lot of it is just that straightforward communication, um, not being uncomfortable with the idea of just saying, hey, we need to talk. Let's let's clear this. Let's reevaluate this. And just that one on one without all of the other um, inputs going on. Sometimes we can get a better understanding of everything. So I think a lot of it is just really that one on one connection of actually just talking back and forth and working through it. Well, I think that 
God knows that would be so appropriate for so many conversations or, or so many relationships that people just won't do, you know, just like just pick the freaking phone up and call and just chat it out for a few minutes and versus these 27 diatribe emails that nobody's probably reading as thoroughly as you wish they would. Um, but that, that one-on-one just really goes a long way. I, I know it does and for, for all the stuff that I dabble with, but, uh, just that, you know, just that little bit of act of being, remembering why we bought that phone to begin with, not because of all the things it does now, but the initial communication tool that it was meant to be. I've also found that there are people when I talk to them, they would prefer that there's an email chain going back and forth. So things are documented. And I understand that. But I find sometimes when the chain of emails are just not getting there quick enough, that's when I'll stop and pick up the phone and be like, I can do a follow up email if you want to explain it, what we discussed, but we just need to skip through a lot of things quicker and get to the point where you understand what I'm trying to talk about, or you need to explain it to me better so that it just happens quicker. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. That's how Tyler and I are. We just pick the phone up and call each other and say, man, where's my link for this podcast? Right. <laughs> and it's usually on me because I hadn't seen it because I was busy doing 27 other things. But yeah, it really it really goes a long way. I know even at my house when I'm trying to communicate better with my wife, um, she likes to text and I, you know, I, like a lot of people in the world do, but sometimes I don't get the intent of the text and I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. You know, maybe I'm out running an errand or something and I'm just, can, just give me a call. And, uh, you know, then that one minute really clears up a lot of questions. And I suspect a lot of other folks are that way. Uh, and, um, but maybe that's just marriage. I'm not sure, you know, but I'm, pra- <laughs> I'm practicing. I mean, we're coming up on 35 years. So we're, we're, you know, we're still in that initial feeling each other out stage. I'm not a big fan. I text only because I need to communicate something quickly or to get someone's attention if they're on the phone and they can't take my call. There'll be a communication going back and forth. Um, but a lot of times it still ends up being a follow-up phone call to make sure that we're at the same understanding when we get done. Yeah, it's funny how, you know, we, we talk about generational differences um, through relationships. And it, it's funny because, you know, you think that millennials or Xers or whomever would, would be like all the time texting. But I've got a couple of friends that are younger and Tyler's age folks that they're actually more inclined nowadays, I think maybe it's from isolationism, uh, to pick the phone up and call. Because I, I got a couple of calls recently from people that historically don't call. So maybe maybe it's a COVID thing where, you know, people maybe their thumbs are worn down to nubs or <laughs> they're just, they're just uh, in need of uh, vocal stimulus. I don't know. So what have you guys seen any any change in people's behavior like that through your relationships through COVID? From my perspective, anyways, I feel like I've seen more people. I, I've I've definitely 
had more calls with people, like FaceTimed more with people. And I think it, we just kind of miss a little bit of the the interaction. Like when when you're going into an office every day or doing kind of social things every day, then it, it makes texting kind of just like the easiest form of communication. Like, oh, I'm just going to send this person a text. It's easier, quicker, um, you know, that sort of thing rather than doing a phone call. But nowadays it feels like so much of what was our typical communication patterns are, are missing um, and have been for so long that I, I've found myself talking on the phone a little bit more often and calling people more frequently than I would before. And so uh, I think it was a subconscious thing. It wasn't a conscious thing of, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to call more people now. But that's kind of just where well, I found you're in myself, the communication business also. Um, so I could see where, you know, that that rattles around in your brain more uh, because you I mean, you talk you talk for a living, you know, and on a lot of days and um what about you, Michelle? Are you seeing a, a trend? Move, people moving toward one way or the other, or, or what, what do you what do you see from your viewpoint? I see a lot of more Zoom calls, um, oh which is God, nice. I'm with now you. you're actually putting a face with somebody that you're talking to that otherwise you may never have met. Um, I mean, I do Zoom calls several times a week, which kind of is nice because now they see what you look like, you see what they look like. It doesn't seem like it would make a big difference, but it really does because now you have a face. And on some of these calls, I'm doing weekly calls with you know, the service providers to keep them up to date on what's going on with the project. So as time's gone on over the length of this project, you can kid with them a little more. You can joke with them, different comments, like you know, they'll make jokes about my hair always changing and stuff. So it just adds a little bit more personal level to everything. No, that's, that's fair. And, um, I, I do, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the zoom calls. It, it, I mean, that is like the predominant thing for meeting right now for me. Um, you know, we do a morning kickoff call every morning or, or 85% of the mornings. Um, and it is funny to me to watch, uh, Who's using the video feature of Zoom and who's not? You know, you can cut it on your camera on and off, obviously. Um, I like my camera on just so I can see the other screens. And I, maybe I'm just technically challenged, but um, I don't I don't know. I think that that's part of showing up is a little bit of FaceTime. And, you know, my uh, friends tell me I have a face for radio, so I'm not sure what that meant, but. Um, nonetheless, uh, I, I do use the video feature and, um, maybe that's what it is. You know, Tyler, you mentioned we've changed our, our communication habits and we can't, you know, go out and grab a sandwich together at lunch, um, like you used to, um, because you're typically not gathered up in any one place. Just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Kind of a... This will be an interesting study on humanity uh, when we get back to whatever we get back to, normalcy. But uh, just to see how things uh, have trended and how things uh, turn out. But I, I, I read a lot about commercial real estate, and it's really interesting the different takes on how people are, are either thinking about going back to the office or they're going to part time in the office, you know, some days in, some days out. So, but, you know, that really does affect, you know, it's hard. It's hard to walk down the hall and have a conversation 
with, you know, Jason or whoever, uh, when nobody's in the office. And, uh, a lot of that little nuanced communication is lost right now. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we adjust and how, how we make up. And, you know, Michelle, one thing we always talk, or not always, but a lot of times comes up on the show is trust. And when you have a deep relationship with somebody that you trust, you know, that has historically been built probably a little bit face to face, some phone call, some email, just some verbal communication, but you usually wind up getting a deeper, uh, you know, than, than just an acquaintance if you trust somebody. But I've, I've been thinking about that a lot and it didn't come up on our last two podcasts, but it typically comes up is that word trust. And, you know, like you were explaining your relationship with uh, with Austin, you know, it, at some point you have to trust that that partner of yours has got your behind covered, like you're trying to cover his, and then the collective effort of you two together are trying to take care of the end user. So it, it, how how do you, or how have historically you felt like that, that moment of trust transfer has occurred for you? Or maybe it hasn't. Maybe you don't trust me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I do. I put a lot of faith in a lot of my conversations with my service providers, with Austin, um, that there's there's a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how to best answer this question. Um, and there's no really right answer, you know, because... It, it, everybody kind of builds that. Um, we we talked about it a long time ago with with Stephen R. Covey. Uh, his his dad was the Seven Habits guy, but Covey wrote a book, the Junior, about transfer of trust, trust at the speed of something. Um, good book, but it really talked about like like you're defining. It's hard. It's hard to put it into words for a lot of people. Uh, that that transfer, that jumping off or a leap of faith moment. I think it's just something that as we've built through this process and just continually have worked together, we've learned that there is that give and take that we're always going to work together. Um, you know, for the benefit of both companies. That when I'm doing everything on my side, that I'm representing Turntide to make sure that we're giving everybody the information and backing them up. And when he goes to, to back to Turntide, he's going back to them and representing Service Logic and all of their companies in the correct light, also. So that there's, we're just trying to make sure that we keep the balance act that we're just very straightforward. It doesn't mean that we don't always agree a hundred percent of the time, but if we don't, we talk it out and we get through it. But even when I'm talking to, you know, the different service providers that are part of this project, you know, there's a built trust with them that they know that I got their back, that I'm going to make sure that I can do whatever I can to help them out with also the respect that they've got my back, that if I need them to step up and take care of something, that they're going to do it and they do it to their best abilities. And 
it's a wonderful relationship that I feel I have with everybody. Um, if I call them, they answer my phone, but if they call me, no matter what time of day, I answer their phone calls too in their emails yeah it has to be it has to be that mutual balance you know because uh one one side of relationships don't ever work out very well uh, regardless of whether they're business or personal or both um i think that you know the the way that you do take care of of you know the service logic partners and the end user um and the service providers is a very difficult uh, and Tyler, I, I'm I'm pretty understanding of this particular uh, operation, and it's super duper uh, convoluted because of how many locations and how many pieces of equipment we touch, and how many different partners are on the scene. So it really, I mean, it's an impressive thing that she's got uh, to wrestle every day. And um, keep in mind that. The, these are humans out there doing this work. And, uh, you know, there's been just a, 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 a very few perfect humans, maybe none probably is a better w way of saying that. So I think, Michelle, when you do have the, the things that arise due to the human side getting involved, having that, um, that relationship and that, that conveyance of trust you can call or they can call and say, Hey, this, this is really wacky. We got to get, we got to get squared away. And, and having that open communication path gives you that ability to address it quickly, cleanly and head on. So you don't have to do much dancing. Yes. The faster we can get an issue resolved and get everybody back on the right track, everybody happy. There's the follow-ups on both sides. This is what we did. This is what we took care of. Everybody's, got the understanding and we just move on to the next happy yeah, it's, <laughs> de definitely not a place for the overly sensitive because of how many moving pieces so you have to you know and i'm not saying you're harsh about it but matter of factly about it uh you just have to be you know like here's here's what happened and the the poop hit the fan because of we threw it or somebody else threw it or nobody threw it it just happened you just have to you have to just hit it and get it and move on. So that's I I'll, I I won't say that I don't enjoy watching you go through any kind of uh, you know bad situation or a problem to deal with. But you always hit it right on. So it's it's always uh, it, it's comforting. I think it's a good word to watch you. Uh, work through these things because I know you've got our our best uh, service logic's best interest at heart. So that's always it's just rewarding, comforting, rewarding. All those little warm fuzzy words. Well, and, and Greg, I think that I think that most places that are successful um, have someone like what Michelle does, where it's almost like she's the um, she's the hub in the middle of the wheel that all the other you know spokes run to to a certain extent, right? Where um, her communication and the way that she manages everything is so vital to the to the operation of everything. And it's her managing those relationships and her managing different communications. And I think that that's true of a lot of successful places that they have somebody that's able to do that role. And when that person's not there, 
um, in an organization, it's it's obvious, right? It shows. You know, it, it, that's so true, Tyler. And as you know, I have been getting a roof put on my house for like the last year and a half. Uh, that, <laughs> it, it seems like that because it's a very detailed process of what had to happen on this particular house. But we chose a company that um, we, and there's a little bit of that roofing noise to go with it but um we chose a company that we could not be more thrilled with they communicate and lo and behold they have uh what's called a uh, concierge that is assigned to us she communicates daily uh her name's paula thomas and she's just awesome to deal with but what she does is keeps us in tune with how the job is progressing and this is one of those crazy tile roofs where you, it's like a half pipe Mediterranean tile. And so you have to order the tile and you have to wait on it because they don't keep it in stock, you know, because there's so many variant of colors you can choose from. But to your point, um, Paula Thomas is, does what Michelle does, in fact, of keeping, um, you know, all the monkeys in the cage. And when when you communicate clearly and when i get an email from her at four every day i know that she's going to recap of the, what happened today and what's going to happen tomorrow so luckily for us there's only about five more of those emails to come and we'll be done but it really is you, you just you really triggered that in my brain when you said that successful companies usually have somebody in that you know you call it what you want to but to me, it's a relationship management role. But another part that I'd like to add to this little equation um, is the internal communication that goes on. I have people that are part of my team, like you, Greg, personally, and um, Stacy and some Don, who's just taken on the new role, that also help support this whole process. You know, Stacy does a lot of the back end. She helps me with scheduling and getting the invoices and doing the follow-ups. There's other people that were part of our team. We had a, what we called the turntide team that would help move some of the paperwork through because at one point we were moving so fast that no one person could handle everything that was going on. So it really takes a lot of communication internally making everyone understand the changes that are going on, giving them an anticipation of what is happening moving forward so that all of the internal support system has to also be there beside the two external pieces. Yeah, that's well said, Michelle. And I, I would give plenty of props to all of your people except Don. And I've known <laughs> Don a long time now, so... We're not throwing him any love, okay? Let's just. Let's no, just I just said he's new to this. So. <laughs> uh, Don Don's a friend who has recently uh, rejoined us, so we're glad to glad to have him in that role. So, well, Tyler, what I mean, how does all this grab you? We talked a lot of different stuff today. Michelle's role and and that coordination piece, and what's your what's your youngster brain thinking about it all? Well, I think that I think that what stands out to me is partially what I what I said a, a moment ago, just about um, about that aspect of having somebody there that that keeps everything together and kind of 
um, is that relationship manager and that sort of thing. And I, and I think that maybe we're seeing just how important that is now, um, maybe more than ever, because relationships are, are different now than they were and maybe more challenging than they were before, especially building and developing and growing strong relationships and having that strong communication. It's It's changed a little bit, right? And I think that um, as I think about what life looks like after this is over, hopefully at some point, whenever that may be, um, I, I tend to think that relationships will be even more important to our day-to-day lives and more important to everything we do. Um, and, and communication will be heightened because everybody's going to be looking at, okay, how can we, as, as an organization, continue to grow our culture um, in a strong way? How can we remain nimble and how can we be adaptable? And I think a lot of that comes down to how can we manage relationships in an effective way? And uh, and so I think that that's kind of, um, I guess one of the things I've been thinking about throughout the course of this conversation is um, just how important this will be moving forward even uh, and, and what that looks like in the future. Now, that that's really cool because when you're when you were describing that just just now, I, I thought to myself, um, were we taking our relationships for granted pre-COVID? And did this give us a little bit of a holy crap? I I got to do a better job going forward to make sure that I'm not taking those for granted because, you know, I was communicating with two of our guys at work yesterday two really, really nice young men, Dan and David. And, you know, I don't get to see them often, or I haven't seen them in a long time um, because of this. But, you know, just, I was just thinking, I I didn't take those guys to lunch when I could have, you know. Like, I should have said back in the day, and they would both appreciate this, um, I should have said, hey, Let's go to lunch, you know, let's spend let's spend an hour outside the office and, and talk and, uh, you know, talk about life. What And these are both young guys, you know, like what do they want to do and, and what they aspire to inside and outside the company. But I didn't, you know, and th- these guys don't report to me by any means. They're they're in a in a separate group. And but I interact with them because they're just nice young men and some of the information that I need flows through them. But I, I just wondered, man, did I miss the opportunity? And I won't again when I get it, I promise you. Because I've rethought a lot of those uh a lot of those situations where, you know, like, okay, I just I think I'll just get a sandwich and close the door and listen to the news for a minute. Um I, I probably won't, wouldn't do that going forward. Sometimes life moving so fast though that we don't all remember to stop and take that extra few minutes to meet with somebody totally totally right we just have to remember that we just it's okay to that if the next project or the next email waits 20 minutes it's not the end of the world yeah i think that michelle i think that that will be part of life 2.0 after we come out of this crap uh you know what did you know and we talked about it earlier what what a what a study this will be for somebody uh that's super duper smart to be able to pull all this together and say okay like here's how we evolved from you know essentially january 20 to whenever that date is you know there's so many stats available and i was on the on the u.s government covid site this morning looking up some stuff uh from a safety standpoint but i just thought 
how much more internet bandwidth is being consumed? You know, how, how Zoom uh, has, has come into the forefront and Teams and all the other platforms. But we, we use Zoom more than any. But just how, how is all that, you know, going to look on paper? It'll just be a heck of a study, I think. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Well, Tyler, this is the part that you do so well that I don't enjoy. But, um, and I don't, I don't think you enjoy it either a lot of days. But we've come to the point to where we're at the end of our time limit because the parking meter is almost expired for you and you've got to run out the door. and Or maybe it's me, I'm not sure. But what, put a bow on this thing for us. And, and Michelle, just appreciate your insights and the maturity that you bring to your relationships and, and uh, just what you do, you know, day to day is, 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 is fun to watch and greatly appreciated. So thank you. Well, thank you both for inviting me. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. And um, yeah, I've appreciated it a lot. And thank you for the compliments. Well, that's another uh, fantastic episode of Straight Out of Crumpton in the books. Thanks again to our guest, Michelle Miller, Customer Account Coordinator for ServiceLogic Strategic Accounts. Greg, it's been a blast, man. It's always a blast getting to have these conversations, especially uh, especially these days as we talk about res- relationships and communication and everything going on in the world. Well, I, it, it really was good, Tyler. And I, I think what what's unique about this three-legged stool is that we are all coming from a different place, but we all kind of wind up in the same place um, with with you doing what you do, Michelle do, doing what she does, and me doing what I do. So different, but yet, you know, the, the topic seems to bubble up, and uh, I think we all find common ground there. So thank you. Thank you for putting this together again. Well, it's always a blast. I always have a great time talking to you, and of course, we're going to have some more episodes coming up soon. We have a, a packed calendar of podcasts. Yeah, looking forward to it. We got some really uh, broad variety of folks coming up to uh, keep keep talking it up and keep having fun with. So we'll look forward to uh, next go round. Well, everyone, stay tuned until then. But for Greg Crumpton, I'm Tyler Kern. Make sure you go check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go find Straight Out of Crumpton or visit gregcrumpton.com where all the episodes are there as well. And we will be back soon, everyone. But until then, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk again soon.